Welcome to the Sonorities Podcast, connecting musicians and sharing the stories of the School of Music community at the University of Illinois. Today we speak with beatmaker, music producer, and music educator Lamont Holden. Known to the urban music community as the Letter L Beats, Lamont joined our faculty in 2018 and teaches classes in music production, beat making, and songwriting. He is also, with Professor Adam Cruz, an integral part of the highly successful hip-hop program at Illinois Summer Youth Music. Welcome to the podcast, Lamont. Today I'd like to ask you about the classes you are teaching this semester. I understand you have a number of guests coming to speak to the students, and that these guest lectures will be made available to the public. Um, thank you for having me. Um, I'm excited about the spring semester courses and um, everything we're going to be able to do and the people we're going to be able to bring to campus and hope to get the word out and get more people enrolled. Excellent. So, Lamont, tell us about the two classes you're teaching this semester, The Art of Beat Making 2 and Popular Music Songwriting. Uh, yeah, so two of the classes that we're keeping open to the public and um, in addition to uh, trying to invite more people in, we're also doing a partnership with Florida A&M University through Dr. Joyce McCall here in the School of Music as well. Um, but they are the Art of Beat Making uh, 2, Music 499, and um, Music 499, uh, Intro to uh, Popular Music Songwriting. Um, and so with uh, the Art of Beat Making, um, you know, as usual, when we do the second round, uh, the second level of the course, we have a lot of industry experts come in. Um, among those, uh, we have, and coincidentally up next uh, Tuesday on February 16th, um, 9 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Eastern, we have my best friend Jacob, um, who is a great producer. Um, he worked on the soundtrack for the Travis uh, Scott documentary on Netflix. Um, he's also done some work with Kanye West. Um, he's a great sound designer, a great producer. Um, he has his own VST. Uh, for goodness sake. So he, he knows what he's talking about. Um, he's always been a great addition to the class. I'd be happy to have him. Um, also, after that, uh, we have a, a colleague, Bubba Got Beats, who um, has done some great things on uh, YouTube, has millions and millions of plays, um, knows a great deal about selling beats and, you know, the types of making the types of music in your DAW uh, that can help you make money. Um, we also have Clint Music um, the week after that on Tuesday, March 2nd, who is um, well-versed in uh, composing music uh, for commercials, TV, um, TV backing tracks, um, you know, things like, you know, sports shows, you know, ESPN, reality shows and things like that, where, you know, it's, it's a perpetual license and you can get paid for life. So um, uh, Triza of the producerkit.com will also host the Unquantized podcast with Sound Oracle, um, in his own right, he's produced for the likes of Ty Dollar Sign, um, has a great deal of experience um, in the music industry as a producer. Um, and lastly, we have July 303 of kickbackcouture.com, um, great sound designer, well-versed in the Reason Dog, which is, you know, my weapon of choice. Um, so, yeah, uh, you know, just stay tuned uh, to my Instagram channel, at the letter L Beats, and I'll put that in the chat, too. We'll put um, that in the show notes for the podcast, too. Okay, as well. Okay, Awesome. And so um, just stay tuned. We'll have flyers and art for all of that. That'll kind of keep you up to date. You know, I treat my class like a music industry event every time we do it. So um, I want to keep people updated. Um, also, we're teaching um, 
in uh, popular music songwriting, we'll have uh, Unir Gaines, um, who is a, an amazing songwriter and artist as well. He has over 1 million streams on Spotify um, as an artist. Uh, when I checked his resume, let me, let, me, let me pull his resume up real quick. Because I, I just asked him, I was like, hey, you know, I'm doing a bio. Could you send me a couple of names, uh, you know, some people you've worked with? And he sent me a spreadsheet, actually. Um, and on that spreadsheet, um, producer Amadeus, he's worked with Atlantic Records, uh, legendary producer Bangladesh, um, who had um, a platinum hit with Lil Wayne. Um, J. Cole, he, as a songwriter, um, he's worked with uh, Mac Miller. Um, done, he's done stuff with Red Bull. Um, he's worked with Ty Dolla Sign as well as a songwriter. So, yeah, <laughs> um, you know, it really just my... My, I, my idea was to bring the music industry to the University of Illinois. So that's what we're doing. Um, you uh, can always email me at holden at uh, illinois.edu uh, to get uh, the Zoom links for the, uh, the sessions. So you mentioned, you, you mentioned a bunch of names of people that are coming in, and we'll, we'll be listing these uh, on the website as public events so people can come check them out because we're going to make these open to the public. Uh, so tell us about your best friend, Jacob, the, the first event, which is coming up uh, February 16th. Um, what can people expect if they tune into that session with Jacob? Yeah, and as dope as he is, I wish he was my best friend, but he's not. That's his actual name is my best friend, Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but uh, he's, he's, so you can expect, and he's, he's come to class before. Um, he's going to share a lot about his experience in the music industry. He'll probably get into his DAW. Um, and show you a few things. He's going to uh, demonstrate, you know, how to make a Travis Scott type of beat. Um, and then the students will have a chance to apply that and uh, make their own beat. But uh, he'll demonstrate that, get the finer points. You'll get to see him working in his DAW, some of his techniques and strategies and get it really good under the hood. So I, I want to ask your help on understanding the, the nomenclature. Uh, yes. I'm a French horn player. I play in orchestras. If you say the word songwriter, I think of somebody like Paul Simon by himself with a guitar. And if you say the word producer, I'm thinking somebody who's in the control booth, not necessarily, you know, playing an instrument, but kind of on the hands on the dials behind the scene. But it sounds to me like in your world, those words are much more blended. How do you how do you make a distinction or is there a distinction between a songwriter and a producer in today's pop music? I mean, I would say, yeah, context matters. Um, you know, I'm headed uh, back to Atlanta on Saturday. And so I'm just working the music stream, my experience. So it sounds like your definition of producer is what I, what I see as an engineer now. I'm the person who does the recording and kind of runs the session and, you know, that or not runs the session, but the actual session file in the DAW. And when I say DAW, I mean digital audio workstation uh, where you can either... Um, create music by activating uh, MIDI instruments or by recording in audio. Um, a producer, from my standpoint, I mean, think of Quincy Jones, right? Um, you know, Quincy could write sheet music and in a sense, tell the guitar player what to play, tell the drummer what to do, tell the bass player what to do. Um, so what I see as a producer, and, and, and a, lot of the, a lot of times producing nowadays to me starts with beat making. And that's how I began is as a beat maker. 
literally making the beat, but I'm doing the same thing, right? I have to program the bass or, you know, I mean, I'm programming literally or maybe playing it on a MIDI instrument, still programming, still playing as well. But, um, you know, I'll, I'll do the drums and I'll do the bass line and then I'll do, you know, the top line melody and I'll do the parts and separate out and, and um, I'll sequence or what you might say, arrange, um, if you will. Um, and so me as the producer and then, you know, that's beat making. And then to complete it as a producer, to be what is a producer to me is to be there when a song is being made, um, facilitate what the artist is doing, add what you feel needs to be added, take, added, take away what you uh, feel needs to be took, uh, taken away. Um, and then songwriting. And it's interesting because I had a student that came to the class that I think did not, um, their idea of songwriting was to be writing sheet music, I guess. And to me, what songwriting is in the context as I know it in, in, in popular music um, now is, you know, you know, writing the lyrics and the melodies, right? Taking the beat from the from the beat maker or producer and um, coming up with what the song will be, the hook, the verses, the, the pre-hooks, you know, that mm -hmm. kind of thing. Writing to the top lines, if it is, you know, a, a melodic thing, um, you know, yeah. Well, that, that tradition goes back. I mean, I remember studying the Great American Songbook and, you know, night and day, you can look at the sheet music that they published, but then you listen to Frank Sinatra and it's, it's, it's almost not recognizable, but it is the song, you know, it's a, the performance becomes the thing. Um, so for those of us like myself who have a more traditional classical training, um, what can I gain from, from checking out this new genre? Um, New I think, you can, yeah, I think you can blend your skills. I mean, if you wish to, you know, find the meeting points between what is new and what you already know, right? Um, I think seeking to understand the evolution of music. Um, I think that sometimes traditional music is a little more complicated than um, what is happening now. Um, I think what is happening now is is, is less is, is less about the musicality and more about the feeling. Here's a question that I'm curious about. You know, me as a classical musician playing in orchestras, um, what's a starting point if I want to know more? I mean, um, I think I always try to start with like, so start where you are and lean into a skill that you already have, right? So. Um, and I ran into this when I was teaching. Uh, we taught digital competencies first uh, semester. So, like, I meet a lot of people who are really good at playing their instrument, but they might not be composers. That's foreign to me because I I played the saxophone from, like, mm -hmm. sixth grade to fifth grade. And the only part that appealed to me was being in jazz band. We had a chance to improvise, right? But what I love about improv improvisation is you didn't have to, like, write it. You could just do it. And so I meet a lot of people who are good at reading, you know, sheet music and can play their instrument really well. But when it comes to composing, um, it's hard. And so I just go back to the way I learned it and the really the foundational tool I learned from improvisation was just playing within, um, you know, some chords or a scale. So I go, OK, you can do that. We'll just play a couple notes and see what happens. Right. Um, if you play an instrument that needs to be recorded with a microphone, I'll show you how to get your recording set up. If you uh, play the keys, you can grab a MIDI keyboard and you can have practically any instrument, you know, within the DAW. 
Um, so I always think that's a great place. And then once they do that, you know, I just show them how to build, you know, um, I think one simple rule of thumb is, you know, compose an element of the track within every major frequency range, right? So you got something for your sub frequency, you got something for your low, you got something for your low, middle, middle, uh, high, and, you know, just start there. I guess. So one more thing I wanted to ask you about, and that is um, Amanda Gorman. I, mm -hmm. the first time I saw a little snippet of her inauguration poem, mm -hmm. um, the first thing I saw was it was like choreographed. It was highly, highly produced. It was very polished, very smooth. And I saw a few seconds of it and it didn't mean much to me. I didn't watch the whole thing at the first. And then later I was listening to it, uh, might've been on my headphones, so I wasn't watching it. And there was just such, um, such music in there. And the way she used language, maybe it's obvious, but uh, it just, it was like, had like hip hop and rhyme, you know, the, the internal rhymes, the, the, the poetic structure of it. Um, but it was very moving. It was really moving. And it was new to me. It was like a, I don't know, it's like you go to a, a museum and see a new kind of art. It's not like art you've seen before, you know, mm -hmm. a glass sculpture that you've never, you know. Um, you know, and the same thing happened. She did like a, a little th something for, for the Super Bowl. And I had that same little feeling of the hair rising on the back of my neck, listening to that. There's something about her delivery and her voice that is triggering something in me. What is that? How can you explain that? What's going on? Hmm. Language is supposed to be communication first right um there's just necessary things that have to happen between human beings for life to function right and so you know it back and forth for that purpose um, anytime something is repurposed it's, it's dr jared shield uh, works with dr adam cruz and myself um, in, in hip hop higher education and as we try to proliferate certain ideas and maintain culture and teach the art and, and, and the science. Um, Dr. Shield talks about remixing and what, what a remix is in all aspects and not just music, but as you know, you apply it to culture, right? And so when you, when you take language and, and repurpose it into something new, it's going to feel good, you know, just like when you take, you know, Saturday night's leftovers, add eggs and make a new breakfast on Sunday morning. It's kind of like that. Right. It's like, oh, I didn't know you could do that with that. Think about, you know, you watch basketball. You ever watch basketball clips from the 50s? OK. Black and white and they're dribbling all stiff and you couldn't imagine, you know, imagine showing them what basketball looks like today. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you can do that. It's the same thing, but it's not. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's that's what's happening there. You know what I'm saying? All right. All right. Makes sense. I mean, even in classical music, it's something we've forgotten in the 20th century with the advent of ASCAP and copyright. But I think in the history of classical music, uh, to copy someone else's music and remake it, was the highest form of flattery you know 
to quote somebody else's music in your music is is a is a uh, an honor to pay you know yeah. and and in, in the age of copyright and you know publishing rights and royalties you know legally it's become a different thing today but no that that resonates with me yeah. well Lamont, I want to thank you for the time and for sharing with us about these, um, well, especially sh to share your guests with us publicly for, for the School of Music community to come check out these sessions and uh, explain some things to me. I really appreciate this and I look forward to yeah, talking I'm gonna to you go again. Ahead, I, hey, I appreciate you having me and I'm going to go ahead and because I just use my class link for all these events. So I'm just going to go ahead and give you that so that right. we can make that available to people. All right, will do. Okay, there you go. And that's in the chat, too. Um, also, I got something. I don't know if you want to hear it, but in, coincidentally, Dr. Cruz and I worked with uh, Kenwood Elementary School and Champaign Unit 4 Schools for their National African American Parent Involvement Day uh, last night. And we did an event where we just, uh, you know, we demonstrated what we do at Hip Hop Camp over the summers, where students come down and they have a chance to learn how to uh, write their own songs, perform their own songs, make their own music. Mm -hmm. um, and they perform at the end of the week um, at Canopy Club. We don't know what we're going to be doing this summer because of COVID, but we were kind of talking to them about that and just giving a little demo. And we started talking about Amanda Gorman. Um, I dropped that there in the chat for you, but I can, um, if, you, if you allow me to share, I can actually play it for you. Okay, let's listen to Amanda Gorman Remixed. When day comes, we ask ourselves, where can we find light in this never-ending shade? The loss we carry, a sea we must wade. We've, we've braved, we've, we've, we've braved the belly of the beast. We've learned that quiet isn't always peace, peace, peace. And the norms and notions of what just is, isn't always just is. And yet the dawn is ours before we knew it. Somehow we do it. Somehow we've weathered and witnessed a nation that isn't broken, but simply unfinished. Finished. Yeah, so we, we performed that for the kids. Um, and they really enjoyed that. Um, yeah, and I thought, I thought that was inspirational. It was apt uh, for the occasion for National African-American Parent Involvement Day as well as Black History Month. So, yeah. Thank you for speaking with me, Lamont, and for sharing your insights into music production and beat making. And a big thank you for making these guest presentations available to the public. As you mentioned, the first one coming up this coming Tuesday, February 16th, will be My Best Friend Jacob at 9 o'clock a.m. Central Time. We'll have links in the show notes, and also these can be found on the School of Music website. All right, I appreciate that. Thank you for the time. Uh, thank you for the interest in everything I'm doing. The Sonorities Podcast is a production of the School of Music of the University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign and is the copyright of the Board of Trustees of the University of Illinois. Our show is produced by Stephen Burian and Rebecca Price, and our theme music was composed by Justin M. Brower. 